Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. So dogs have, on average, 300 million scent receptors compared to humans that have about 400. So they are basically the best tool that money can buy. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. a service dog and what do you see a big dog standing at attention maybe wearing a vest that says do not pet you're about to meet a group that breaks that mold last month dogs from around the country and their handlers showed up in maine for a very particular kind of training an arson dog recertification program meets this very good boy. This is Sonny. Sonny is a ignitable liquids detection canine. Sonny and his partner, Fire Captain Robbie Simpson, flew in from Phoenix, Arizona to be in Yarmouth Wednesday. 11 teams came from around the country to test their skills. Really, this is the birthplace of the arson dog program. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. David Guildford is joining us from News Center, Maine. David, thanks for being here. Happy to join you. Someone you interviewed for this story told you arson is one of the most difficult crimes to solve. Let's start there. Why exactly is that? It was really explained to me that once people get on scene, it's just a mess. Arson is one of the most difficult crimes to solve. The evidence burns up. It's a dirty, smelly environment. And as a human... We don't have that superpower sense of smell. I mean, obviously, every homicide, for instance, could be different, but there, I feel like it might be easier to find clues there. Whereas you're not trying to solve something in a, in a building that's burnt down, usually, if it's like a murder or an assault or some kind of car accident. So when people get on scene to investigate, it's usually a building that's just destroyed. And their job as investigators, whether that's through the police department uh, or the fire marshal's office, is to determine the source of it. And was this done illegally or was this just a, a tragic accident? And so that's where they need a little help. Right. And talking about this challenge, one of the tools that investigators have at their disposal is dogs. Why are dogs useful in investigating arson cases or or potential arson cases? So dogs have, on average, 300 million scent receptors compared to humans that have about 400. So they are basically the best tool that money can buy. I did a story before this one that we're talking about today, uh, a couple months back, 
at the state level, basically at the HQ of public safety, where they had just acquired one of these dogs through the state farm program. And the head of the entire fire marshal's service for the state uh, told me that the the one dog that they were getting would be better than the lab equipment sometimes. They still, when they get evidence that they bring back to the lab, they still use the lab and all the technology there to confirm or deny um, evidence of accelerants in these cases. So they still use the, the real science behind it. But he said the dog sometimes will detect things that their equipment does not. So it's really, it's it's the best uh, the best science equipment that you can get for trying to solve uh, cases where a scent is involved than they could possibly think to buy. I hadn't realized how often dogs are used in fire investigations and to give our listeners an even better sense of just how good dogs are at sniffing out accelerant. There was a study from the University of Alberta a couple of years ago that found dogs can detect traces of gasoline down to one billionth of a teaspoon. It's just unfathomable. Talk a little bit more about your experience as a reporter covering these dogs. So that what I just told you about that first story that I covered, that uh, opened me up to this world of arson dogs. Because I think a lot of, I haven't done it personally, but I know a lot of reporters have done stories on uh, canines involved, whether that's with uh, police or bomb-sniffing dogs or drug-sniffing dogs. And we're used to this uh, like stoic German shepherd a lot of times standing at attention. And while they seem like great dogs, they really just seem like a, a, an arm, a true partner there. What really struck me about this was when I went to this uh, demonstration where the state acquired one of these new dogs, it was a yellow lab. It was just this happy, bouncing, bumbling dog that was so just happy to interact with people and the dog's handler said yes go ahead like we want the dog to interact with kids with families and it would go over and sniff and lick and lay down for for its belly to be rubbed but then as we might get into a little later as soon as the handler puts on this this pouch that has food that that is a trigger for the dog that they know it's time to go to work and so the dog pays attention to to the handler again it's remarkable but the fact that they use basically one of the most common companions for their work, these these labs, these Labrador retrievers, is what really stuck out to me and wanted me to pursue this second story, what we're talking about today, where all of these dogs came to be trained in Maine. Let's talk about that. Tell us about this training and recertification event that you attended a little while back. It's real. It's, it's interesting. I talked with, uh, I spoke with a woman from State Farm, who helps to to run the program. And State Farm, I didn't want to do an ad, of course, like an infomercial for State Farm, but they really, they committed back in the early 90s to starting this program because it helps them and their business to be able to root out, whether that's to confirm or deny, um, any nefarious acts when it comes to uh, fire damage to buildings. And so they determined that this would save them money, it would save their clients potential money. And so they invested in this program to purchase and pay for the training um, of scores of dogs across the country. And it just so happens that Maine, as it was relayed to me, not just by State Farm, but by these dogs handlers from the various uh, fire and police departments, that they can either go through the State Farm program to get this recertification to prove and recertify that their dogs are still um, I guess as, as productive and capable as they were before. They could either go through the State Farm program, uh, this private 
route, or they could go through the ATF. And that's about it. I mean, I think there are some other uh, niche services that that offer uh, training and things like that for dogs. But if you want to get an official recertification, um, this program that they host in Yarmouth is really one of the premier ones in the country and one of the few options. What does that recertification process actually entail? What happens when these different teams show up? So they they all show up, um, and it's it's almost it had all the makings of a barbecue just without the brats. They they showed up in their various colored cars from Pennsylvania, New York, and all over, and they were just meeting and interacting uh, with the dogs, with the handlers, and then some of the people from. Uh, State Farm brought their families by to watch, and they they got to interact with the kids there, too. But they they go to um, a training ground that is used by, I believe, Yarmouth Fire Department and probably a lot of other area um, agencies to to train on how to work through buildings. And so they have this multi-storied structure just in the back of a, a recycling plant in Yarmouth where they usually do like burn scenarios and smoke scenarios. But now they take these dogs through and they'll have the trainer who does or the, re, the recertifier, I guess. I don't know if that's a real word. But they have um, this gentleman who's been doing this for years through this program who will uh, send the dog and the handler to another room. He will uh, take an eyedropper, essentially, of a diluted, evaporated gasoline mixture and he'll sprinkle literally one or two drops in a portion of the room, allow the dog and the handler to come in, and then they will do their work. As if you've seen the story, they have a couple commands. The, the handler will say, seek, and he'll wave his arm, and the dog will go through and sniff. And then if and when, the dog, I haven't seen a dog fail to do this yet, um, when they find the scent, they will stick their nose down at it, they will sit, they will look up at the handler and they will point their nose back down at the source to say, hey, I did it. Seek. Silver here and her 300 million scent receptors Seek. pass each time. And they get, a, they get a reward at the end of that. They get uh, some food. Good girl. Good girl. Something else I found interesting is that most of the dogs in this program, they're not specifically bred to be arson dogs. They come to State Farm from animal shelters, rescue organizations, certified companion programs, and they're actually even allowed to be pets. These are not the dogs you typically picture when you think of a law enforcement canine. They are allowed to be pets. They are lifelong companions with their handlers. And Building off a little bit of an earlier point that I made, just how astonished I was that they were uh, all labs. Every single one was a lab. I think most of them were were yellow labs uh, at this training, and there were probably almost a dozen of them. So what really stuck out to me, not just about the breed of the animal, that just about all of these dogs, they were all labs, just about all of them were yellow labs at this training in Yarmouth. This, this handler from, from Phoenix, he's the fire captain, Robbie Simpson, uh, and his dog is named Sonny. And he told me that he'll go to scenes and Sonny will do his work. Uh, Robbie will strap on his, his food bag and Sonny knows it's time to go to work. They will go through and they'll sniff a building. And then he'll take Sonny out because, uh, of course, I mean, this is the worst day in a lot of people's lives. And so a lot of times the homeowner will be there, their family will be there, and he will take off his food 
belt so Sonny knows it's, it's okay to relax, and he will take Sonny to the family, and if if they find out that they're dog lovers, he'll let them interact, and it could make their day a little better. They're having a terrible day, one of the worst days of their life, and when you know they're, they're animal lovers, sometimes I'll bring Sonny out and just have him go say hello. And then sometimes other people will be there. He'll even, <laughs> Robbie said, he'll even get tips uh, from the police, like, hey, like we've had... Uh, We've had some tips that maybe we know who might have done it. Uh, there's a person who might seem to be uh, not who they portray themselves to be at the scene. And so he'll walk Sonny over there just casually. And then he told me that more than once um, someone said, oh, like, I love your dog. Like, do you mind if I pet them? And uh, Robbie says, oh, yes, of course. And he'll put on his food bag. Very nonchalantly, it's like a it's like a fanny pack almost. So put it on nonchalantly, and they'll walk up to this person, and they'll pet the dog. The suspect wants to pet the dog and look innocent, and I let him pet and play, and at the same time, Sonny's getting a sniff. And so, if Sonny alerts that they're smelling an accelerant on this person's hand, the dog will sit. The person still doesn't know what's happened at this point, and then police will walk up with handcuffs. And they'll be arrested because Sonny's they they rely on these dogs so much and they're so good at their job that that is obviously it's not necessarily uh, going to get a conviction. The the evidence still needs to go to a lab, but that will be used in an arrest that these dogs will alert that they have found um, an accelerant on a person. You mentioned this training is paid for by State Farm that they have an interest in this. What are the costs here? How expensive? Would it otherwise be if I'm, you know, a fire department and I want to buy and train an arson dog? Yeah, so the, the representative from State Farm uh, said that for these accelerant-detecting canines, they cost about $25,000 each, both to buy and then to train to do their job, which seems like a lot of money. But when you start getting into uh, all the lab equipment, that they are buying as well. It really, it it doesn't seem to be that much. And for State Farm, since I told you earlier that uh, this is worth it for them, uh, this Heather Paul, she's from State Farm. She said that the average house fire costs about forty five thousand dollars to insure. So these dogs, for them, even if they didn't care about the dogs, even if they weren't trying to make a difference, just in business sense, uh, the dogs pretty much pay for themselves early on. David Guildford with New Center, Maine. Thanks for sharing the story. Happy to share. These are some truly uh, incredible dogs. Happy to tell their story. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for something else to listen to, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows that includes our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.